What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 59. I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, well, my Twitter timeline is annoying the heck out of me because some snake with some bedsheets scored. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I did see that go across my timeline, but I've been trying to avoid it. So I have baseball going on in the background for a while nice. we're recording. I got the Yankees and A's going on. I distracted myself yesterday with the NL wildcard game. So I'm trying yeah, to Brewers. avoid it. I know you're Although, a Brewers fan. You must be excited. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it's a good time to be a Brewers fan. A new Brewers fan. A new <laughs> Brewers fan. <laughs> you joined at the perfect time, Mitch. I did. Uh, uh, yeah. Other than that, it's cold right now. I'm wearing my toque because my wife's got this rule where she won't start the heat past a certain date or before a certain date. Okay, because I am sweating bullets right now. So that's the thing. It is like maybe like four or five degrees outside, so just above freezing. Uh, Maybe a little bit warmer than that. But it's going up to 28 tomorrow. So it's going up 28 degrees, which is a lot, a lot. Yeah, it's going to be 82 here tomorrow. Oh, that's nuts. I don't know what that means. In I, Celsius. I don't know, Mitch. Why do so you have to be Celsius? Five degrees Celsius, it's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. So let's assume it's even just 10. That's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Tomorrow, it's going to be 28. That's 82 degrees Fahrenheit. There you go. So A it's little. going up 32 degrees Fahrenheit in like less than 24 hours. Less than 12 hours even. Mitch, you know what that means? No. You're definitely going to get sick. <laughs> Why does that mean I'm getting sick? Because of the weather changing. You always get sick every time the weather changes. That's true. I usually do. Dang it. And from your kids coughing directly into your mouth. (laughs) Right in my face. (laughs) So do you Uh, have an edition for this one, Mitch? Episode 59? I have the Tom Fitzgerald edition. Okay. Played for the Isles in 88. Uh, He played for the Isles for five years. Scored 25 goals, 44 assists in 205 games played. He wore 59 for like a year, not even. 
I think he changed number seven in 89. Okay. So, <laughs> this is the best one I got. It, it There's a few counts. others on the list, but I was going, eh. At that point, mm-hmm. eh, no. Pass. Nothing, yeah. Not much. All right, Mitch. So, we do have a lot to talk about, so why don't we just jump right in? Jump. Let's do uh, it. Let's start with, I'm, I'm going to use the word underwhelming, the <laughs> things they released on Monday, the, those things they're calling the third uniforms. The, the thing that is the third uniform? The, yeah. It is, uh, allegedly. It, no, it definitely is, not allegedly. No, it's officially. It's officially, but it, we've known about this for months, it feels like, at this point, what it was going to be. Yeah. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm very... Eh, on it. So you are the exact reaction that the New York Islanders wanted, I believe. I firmly believe they wanted everyone to be, just be like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Okay, no, well, sorry. They at least didn't want you to hate it. That's all they cared about. But I'm not going to go out of my way and buying it either. No, I don't. So I, I, I know we talked about this earlier about who, if you would buy it or not. And I... I I think people will still buy it. It's not going to be the same as like some fire jersey or some brand new jersey that exists or they, they, they would create. Uh, I think people will still buy it. It's just not going to be the same rush. And I feel like they had to create a new one because they're going to the Coliseum. I guess so, right? Well, I, I'm saying that, but then I fully well realized because I, I tried to look it up before. I don't know when they're wearing these. A lot of teams have already released when they're going to be wearing their jerseys, like these two Saturdays or these Saturday games in November or whatever. The Islanders, as far as I can tell, haven't released that. I, someone correct me if I'm wrong once you've heard this podcast. Uh, at TLO Mitch, just let me know if you know. But as far as I know or what I can read, they haven't released when they're going to wear them. No, and that's the thing that I guess bugs me too is it's like they're trying to be so secretive about all this stuff. Well, that's, that's Lou there, right, for you. I know, but uh, we've established that I'm not necessarily on board with all of his ideologies. No, that's true. So I I get that they didn't want to upset anybody. Yes. But they could have went with something a little bit more flashy, maybe something that was a slight risk. Because to me, look at all the other, like the Winnipeg Jets got a really nice jersey. The I am Louis not Blue. a fan of that one. Sorry, I'm not. Okay. Well, I've liked literally every single one except for the Islanders. <sighs> I, th- I think that's all they wanted. Just let's not ruffle any feathers here because every time we, not we personally, like Ledecky, Malkin, Lou, etc., every time the organization has released a third jersey, we've got it wrong 90% of the time. And the one time they didn't was the Stadium Series jersey and the one that they mimicked. Almost word for word. But right? I didn't, well, I didn't like the Stadium Series jersey. I, I didn't like it either, but... I didn't hate it, and I think that was the point. Well, I didn't hate... There's a few alternates that I didn't hate. I know you liked the orange one. I love the orange one. I also like the original ones that they wore in, what was that, like, 09 and 10? Sure. I don't like those at all. That's, like, basically what they're wearing now. Oh, wait. I was thinking of something. I was thinking when this is Islanders are across the chest in, like, Gray. No, 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 no. Is that no, not no. the one? No. I'm getting my years wrong then. No. That was like that was like the next one. I'm talking about when they wore like navy blue as their regular jerseys and then wore like 
the classic blue what the Islanders wear now as the alternate. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, obviously, I like what they wear now. So, I'm bringing up the the, the database. I have to see it. So you're saying in '09? I think it was. Yeah, that was the third. So '08 to, to 2010 was the third. The, the third is what they're wearing now, and their primary, I guess, the dark primary was like the the other dark blue, navy blue with like a lot of orange, the two orange flares on on the sleeves. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. I guess that's I like obviously the jersey they wear now the primary jersey they wear now I like I don't like these other ones from 09 10 or 08 10 uh, but we're, we're getting outside of the scope of what this is how do we feel about these ones we're both in agreement underwhelmed underwhelmed think, it's very plain and yeah safe safe's safe. a good word I think that's what it was that's the entire point they're going we, we're playing at the Coliseum I imagine that they're going to be using these when they're at the Coliseum. Um, it just makes sense. Uh, and we just want to do something that people aren't going to hate. What's our safest bet? Well, they like the Stadium Series ones, or they, they didn't hate them. Let's go with that. Done. And I think that's fine. It looks okay. I wouldn't buy it. I like a lot of elements on it. I like the four stripes on, on the blade instead of on the shaft. Um, I like the NY... Uh, it, it is kind of weird when they say, like, we're, we're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're going to touch on our on our Long Island roots and put Long Island inside the shirt. And you're like, so no oh, one sees it used it. to be on the front. Now you've got it buried. So good job by you. Yeah, no one's going to be able to see it. Yeah. I like the orange numbers. I really do. And that's pretty much it. The orange numbers is about the only thing that I like about it, I guess. It, it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't stand out. It's because me. you wanted the orange. That's it. You just wanted all orange, so you're, you're maximizing on your orangeness. I guess. I think that would have been interesting if they went with the orange primary, because a lot of times on the third, you flip it with your secondary color and just have that as a primary, right? Look, just because you want a jersey to match the color of your hair doesn't mean you have to hate on Hey, I, I, I got like auburn <laughs> hair. All right? It's not like fire truck red hair over here. Right? It's like a brownish red. So you're coming in a little too hot for me, I, I wanted to get you triggered because you seem like you're falling in a malaise or some sort of like sleepy time. You try to get you woke. It it worked. It it definitely worked. So, <laughs> but they could have just did something fun, Mitch. Is it too much to ask to have a little bit of fun? Like, yeah, they're gonna yes. be bad this year, but can we have a little bit of fun and see? Like, oh, this is an interesting looking jersey. No, we're gonna have a vanilla team and a vanilla jersey. <laughs> it flows. I get it. I know. I feel the same way. I wanted something cool, especially in this like new era of blue, of new management, of a new everything. Everything is new. There's no Tavares anymore. We're in a new era. Let's cement that with something that symbolizes that in terms of something we can wear. Yeah. Although I do understand them taking risks when they open Belmont. If they're going to have a new jersey when they open, maybe a new third when they open Belmont, I'm okay with that. That makes more sense than now, but now would have been a good time too. So when, okay, so that's going to be, I guess, three years. I could, live with, I could live with that, I guess. Yeah, like I, I, I'm again. I'm fine with this jersey. I don't. Anyone can come at me and say like this jersey's awful, and you're like, sure, fine. You hate it. You hate it. But it's a it's a piece of cloth that you don't have to wear, and that they're gonna wear probably twenty times a year at most, at most. So chill. So it's when they the move, the world. when they move to Belmont, are you gonna put a racehorse on it? I don't think so. 
Maybe. Maybe like something along the, maybe in the collar. There you go. They'll put a horse, <laughs> like a, uh, 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 what is it? How many horses in a race? Eight? I have no idea. They'll put like eight horses in the collar as in the horse race in it. Maybe do that. I don't know. A horse in it on a, with a jockey. There you Done. go. Done. Yeah. Like a little polo looking logo on the back. <laughs> <laughs> It'll move from hipsters to, um, what's the rich area in New York? The beach, the Hamptons. Oh, there you go. Okay. Because rich people like to wear polo. I don't know. That's something I've been told. Allegedly. That's what we That's what we hear. Neither Mitch nor I fall into that category. <laughs> I don't have the kind of money to buy polo polos. Now, as you can tell by, we're asking you to give us money for our, some of our <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> we'll get to that. We're going to plug that at yes. the end. We're just, yes. we're just horsing around. But but do you, you like that? Well, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um. So anything else on the jersey, Mitch? No, I don't. I don't think so. It's fine. Whatever. I'm done. I I, I wish they would have done something different. I wish it would have done the fishermen, but they're not ready for it. They're, no. they're not ready to reclaim that like failed piece of culture that they had established in the '90s. They being the organization again. They're not ready. We some of us might be ready. Most of us aren't, and thus they aren't. So that's about it. We might just have to wait for some of the older fan base to yeah i don't think that's go, gonna happen go on i don't i don't think so i'm no they can say as long as they, if they hate it that much i don't care i don't I, I i get why people hate the the fishermen i get it i'm just ready to move and reclaim let's cultural reclamation let's do that agreed i'm big i'm big into it yeah mitch so let's move on to the one that's probably going to take the longest because it's we are recording this right before the start of the New York Islander season. So right. we are going to do a little bit of a season preview. So we'll get into that right now. And in this segment, we're going to do a little bit of a predictions and then previewing the offense, defense and goaltending situation. So where do you want to start in this combo? Um, let's start from the back up. So okay. goalie defense forward. And then we could talk about predictions we have for the season, I suppose. OK, so I for one starting with goalie, I'm surprised that. Thomas Grice is going to start opening up the season. Uh, I'm not necessarily. I'm fine with that. It doesn't really. Why? Why are you concerned? Because it just seems like everything I want them to do, they do the opposite. Well, sorry for your luck. I don't know. What if Grice is the better goalie? Do you think he's going to be the better goalie? He could very well be. There's a reason he's getting three point three million dollars and not one point five like Robin Leonard's getting. Well, hold on. Over, you're yes. saying that over the course of both their careers that Thomas Grice has been the better goalie and deserves... Oh, I'm not saying... No. no what I'm saying is that there's a reason he's getting that money. It's because he deserved it, and it's because he played well. And Robin Leonard did not play well for a little while there, so I think that's just why he's not getting the monies, clearly. he's got to, He's got to return to NHL form, and he hasn't been in NHL form for some time now. Whereas Grice just seemed to get a bad bounce. I guess. Because of the coach behind the bench for the Islanders. Okay, so do you think him working with his old goalie coach and Mitch Korn makes the difference? It could. It could. Look, if they're going to try him out on game one to see, like, look, we're going to put you out game one. We're going to see how this works. And if you can do this and if you can hold the fort, it's yours to run with it. I'm okay with that. Look, he he looked all right in preseason. Did he look better than Leonard, though? Uh, I don't know if I'd say better. 
But no. I, I'm not, it's not to say that Leonard looked better than him then by that argument. I don't know. I thought they... Uh... When you were defining, let me ask it like this, I guess. Yeah. When you're defining the roles as who's the starter and who's the backup on this team, what was your first gut reaction response be? Sure, Leonard. Okay, so then that's who I'd want to play on opening. I night. just don't think that the Islanders have made that decision. It doesn't seem like they have. It seems like they haven't made like any decisions really because they have well, they, like, different they... lines in practices like every single day. Oh, it's practice, Matt. Anything that happened in practice. I know, but when you want to get like some form of chemistry with the the lines that they're actually going to play with, like I just feel like this is going to be one of those times where like the lines are picked out of a hat. No, well, I, I think what we saw in practice is, is probably going to be something like what we're going to see on the ice. There might be a few changes here and there, um, but it's not going to be like a wholesale change. Like Bo's on the second line, Brock Nelson's first line center. None of oh, that no. crazy stuff. But like they might like Spisa plays third uh, in the third pair instead of the second, or. I don't know, uh, Komarov plays on the third line instead of the fourth. I think that's going to be the type of thing that goes on. Yeah, probably, right, to some extent? I think so. So, like, I, I'm fine with Grice starting the season out. Maybe they just drew his name out of a hat. Maybe it literally was that. They're like, we don't know which one's better, so whoever picks the longer stick gets in. Maybe maybe they were looking for Leonard to start the home opener? Maybe. That could very well be. I'm trying to think of an explanation, but I don't necessarily have one. I don't think Grice I'm going to just look up now Thomas Grice splits. So how okay. good is he against the Carolina Hurricanes? So career-wise, against the Carolina Hurricanes is 5-3-1 with a 9-10 save percentage at a 293 goals against average. That goals against average is not great, no. obviously. How about Robin Leonard? If I can spell his name right, let's bring that up and bring up his splits. His career splits against the Carolina Hurricanes. He's 0 and 4 with an 885 and 425. You think that's why they did it? I don't know. That 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 could be a justification. If you're going they're both on par coming out of camp. We're not sure who we're really leaning towards yet. We gotta test them out because they're testing everyone out in the in the lineup. Let's go to the guy who's better historically against this team than the other guy. To be fair, Leonard has a small sample size. He's only played against them four times, which is kind of surprising. Right. Well, they weren't in the same division, I guess, so that's probably why. Still. Still. Yeah. So, I guess at the end of the day, it's not a huge deal, but to me, I was a little surprised when I saw that today. Okay, sure. I can can live with surprise, but... I get why they went. With, I, I I can see why they would go with Grice. Just he seemed okay in camp. He looks like he's on the men's. He can probably get back to where he was before. If they can ease Leonard into the role, I'm okay with that. So do you think we can both agree on that the goalie situation is going to be better this year than it, what it was last year? I think the goalie situation last year was okay. What I think was a problem was the defensive structure in front of these two goalies was... The garbage. So I guess we can't agree on anything then, because Mitch is going to come at us with a well, actually. Well, actually, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. No. At, okay. So at the end of the day, let me rephrase it like this, then, Mitch. <laughs> at the end of the day, do you think the goalie stat lines are better this year? Yes. There you go. Thank there you. you. That's go. what I was trying to get out of you, Mitch. I will Jesus, say it's like that. pulling teeth. Let's say that. Oh, yoy. 
Okay, so goaltending, we agree, statistically will be better. It'll be better. Mitch Korn's going to make a difference. Barry Trotz is going to make a difference. Piero Greco. Can't forget about him. That's right. The actual goalie coach, not the goalie director. God. Um, no. Okay, so defense then. We're talking about that. What do you think about that? The blue line. How do you... What are your feelings? I don't like their pairings that I've seen. <laughs> Why do you say that? Uh, well, any pairing with Lucas Pisa on it is grotesque, but one that puts Nick Letty on the right side makes me feel things that I can't necessarily explain and anger-wise. It's just it's like a boiling feeling inside of me that I, I, I don't like with Spiza and then Letty on the right side. Why? would why? Um, to me, my favorite pairing that I actually saw, and this one might surprise you, Hickey Boychuk on the third pair. It doesn't surprise me because you've been calling for Boychuk on the third line, the third pair since, like, God knows when. Yeah, well... It's the right move at this point in his career. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. I, I to me, the only thing I, I will agree with with Johnny Boychuk is less minutes. The less is more with Johnny Boychuk. I'm fine with him on pair two, and if you have to put him on pair three because you're putting Pulak, um, God, Pulak, Letty, Boychuk on the right, fine. All right, I can live with that. I get it. Although I still understand why Lucas Spisa, he's a right-handed man, a right shot, isn't he? No, we went over this last time too. What? Oh, they have him listed as right for some reason. Why do they have listed him as? They have him as a right D, but he is a lefty. I was just confused that it says RD in in cap friendly. I guess they have him on that because he should be playing on the right. Even but cap they, friendly knows Mitch. They should be playing on the right. They should, he, yeah, but well, no, he shouldn't be playing on right. He should be playing on left. That should be his, his good. He shouldn't side. be playing at all, Mitch. Yeah, this is the point. He should not be playing at all. I, I'm getting. Too confused with the left and right to that I forget that you're right. He should not be playing. He should not be on the side. How is Taves not here? Because of Lucas Pisa. That's re- that's absurd, Mitch. That's an absurd thing to to say and think. Right, like if you're gonna have someone take the left and push Letty to the right, wouldn't you want it to be Devin Taves? Yes. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. I don't. I don't get. It. I. I. I get the idea of you have mobile defensemen and you have not so mobile defensemen. I get that. I understand why you would do that because when the mobile guy goes to push, you have a guy that's on the blue line still ready to cover the defensive zone. I get it, but I don't understand. So this third pairing isn't anything like that. Is Thomas Hickey going to be the guy to push forward? Is that going to be their mobile defenseman? No. Probably not, right? I I assume he's the only one who plays forward. (laughs) True, I guess, right? So, like, I I assume that's who it's going to be, but I just don't get why. It's not like it gets any easier next year. All these same guys are going to be here except for Lucas Pisa. All these guys are still in a contract next year except for Lucas Pisa. How does it get easier next year, we'll say, for Devin Tays? The only argument I could even see and remotely entertain is they're going to try out Lucas Pisa. They're going to give him 10 games, 10 games to skate around. And if he doesn't cut it, they'll cut him. Okay. That's the only one I can entertain, but it's still idiotic. Realistically, as of right now, how many games do you think Lucas Pisa plays for the Islanders this year? I think year? he plays the entire season at this point. 80? 
Well, like, uh, if we're not counting potential for injury, like, maybe he could play a full season. Yeah, I don't see why they would sign him for a year and then be like, nah, you didn't, we didn't really like what you gave us, so uh, see you later. Why would you do that? That sounds so weird. But, well, do you think he gets rotated out as the healthy scratch, or do you think he's like a regular? So there you go. I think he's a regular, um, but, well, like, why else? Why else? You've got guys already here. Like, I'm... I can understand Adam Pellick or Scott Mayfield being the guys rotated out. Scott Mayfield is probably going to be on the scratch pad more frequently than not. But that's like Scott Mayfield is fine for that seventh D-man role. Yeah, I know. Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield are an okay third-pairing defense. Yeah, I like not, them as a third pair. It's okay. If you had a, a better top four, you can get away with that, right? Yeah. So if, if your bottom... Three defensemen are Thomas Hickey, Adam Pellick, and Scott Mayfield. That's pretty good. That's a good bottom three defensemen. And when I say bottom three, I'm talking about six, seven. Am I talking six, seven? No, I'm talking no. five, six, eight. Uh, five, six, seven. Why am I tweeting eight? I don't know why I keep saying eight. Five, six, seven of Thomas Hickey, Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield. That's pretty good. And you could probably rotate them and see, like, they could share the scratch pad. Exactly, exactly. So, like, maybe Lucas Pieces plays 70 games. Max, like, max 70 games. I'm going to bring that down because it makes sense that he, he loses some time as a scratch pad player. He should. I, I think by the time I'll give it to December until Devin Tays is up here and playing over him. But why? Why? Like, I've heard that, that not the same time frame, but that same argument. Like, well, he'll be up. Okay, like, are we talking trade deadline? Because, all right, fine, I, I get that by the trade deadline they might trade one of these guys, but if you're saying December, I, I, why December? Because I think they want him to get his... This is not my ideology. I'm trying to predict what the yeah. Islanders' ideology is here. Yeah, yeah. I think that th- since he was hurt and missed a large chunk of last year that they're trying to get his feet back under him at the AHL level. I'm not saying I agree with that, but I think that's what they're going to do and say, if he performs well, then we'll call him up here. But for now, Spees is the placeholder. I, I, that's what I think they're doing as well. I just don't understand it. This guy has been rehabbing since the end of the season. From what I can see from uh, Michael Fornabio out at, in, um, in Connecticut, he's saying that they, he's been, or he, Devin Tays, has been saying he's been rehabbing for a long time, and he's been at least skating since the uh, the end of last year. Uh, I don't know if he means calendar year. That, that, that doesn't fit like a timeline. I think he means end of the season. So he's been at least skating and rehabbing since March. March, mm-hmm. April, May, June, July, August, September, October. That's eight months ago. Right. That's a long time to rehab and do the kind of things he needs to do. I, Mitch, I agree with you. I think he should be here. Yeah. I think he should be playing. I, you might even convince me that he should be starting the season in the top four. Yeah. But I, I don't get it. There's a lot of things, and I'm not picking on Lamarillo. I understand that his, his success, but there's been a lot of questionable moves so far, ones that you can say – deserve criticism and look I'm not saying long term there's going to be a failure or anything like that but just in the immediate reacting yes. to what we've seen so far I haven't liked everything that he's done and I think no. that's fair I don't think it's mutually exclusive where you have to be like you gotta love everything he does or you gotta hate everything he does I or think because be a mix you, you of both. question something you hate him like that's not how it works no not at all like it, it's questionable because 
we haven't been told that. So a lot of times when new management come in, they go, it's going to get worse before it gets better, or it's going to be bad for a bit, or it's going to be tough for a little while. We haven't heard any of that. So by that notion, we know it's not going to be pretty necessarily, but we expect that it's, we don't have to tear this down. We shouldn't have to tear this down. We shouldn't have to be bad on purpose. No, because I think part of what the Islanders were doing for the last, well, really long time, was rebuilding. I My hope was that Lamarilla would come in and finish the rebuild instead of restarting it, which I feel like these moves are restarting a rebuild. I'm not so sure. I think it's more of a retool than a rebuild. Again, like I don't think they need to like tank. I really don't think so. I, I understand why you might want to tank. Why would why would anyone want to tank? High draft picks are great, especially in the cap world. Um, but I think they already got those guys in like Dobson, Wallstrom, Bellows, Sorokin, Soderstrom. Like they have they have the core of youth players that they can bring in at low cap hits. And even Barzal, they got for another two years at less than nine hundred thousand dollars on the cap. Yeah, and they have a top five ranked system in the NHL. Yes. So, like, they don't need to tank. Um, but with that being said, maybe they're just... I, I, I feel like it's why we're upset and... Why, not upset, but confused by these moves is because we thought we were moving towards winning rather than away from it. And by all accounts, it seems like the Islanders are probably going to have a worse season than they had last year. I still don't believe it. I can see them squeaking out an 83, 85 points type thing. Uh, but I can also see them doing 75 points. Mm-hmm. So th- I think that's the problem we're having is that what we're seeing on paper isn't matching the expectations we had at the beginning of the season. And it's not to say like that means Lou needs to go. It's to say that no. we'll hold the phone here. What are we actually doing? Because it, we're you're sending mixed signals. Look, with the whole taste thing, he said he's ready. Lou said he's ready. We just got to check out these guys first. Well, if he's ready, play him. I don't understand yeah. why you have to go like, well, he's ready, but that means he can't play. That doesn't compute in my world. I don't understand how someone could be ready, but not ready. Which one is it? Like with Bellows and Hosang, he, he explicitly said they haven't done anything to deserve a spot. Okay, well, I, I want to argue with that, but... You've got the Stanley Cup rings, so like, all right. But he didn't say that with Taves, right? Like, am I missing something here? No, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. That's why I'm letting you go. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like I'm dominating that section. No, I, I liked it. I was I think I just went into a little bit of like the podcast listener there. I was just listening to you go, which as a <laughs> as a host, that's probably not ideal. That's but fine. you made a lot of good points. I I agree with you, but overall as a unit defense better or worse than they were last year uh, better I agree I think they're going to be better I think Nick Letty and Ryan Pulak especially are going to have big years I'm really interested to see what Nick Letty does on his off wing yeah that's going to be interesting right yeah I, I know last week I said it was Spiza I was incorrect on that side they flipped they flipped that whereas it was Letty playing his off wing uh, and he is definitely good enough to play at his off wing sure. or to try and play try and play it as awfully. I get it. So Anyways. definitely want to get into the offense a little bit. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I like, I would even go as far as say that I love five out of the six in the top six. Okay. Yeah. Easily. And then after that, I have a lot of questions <laughs> like why Sezekis Martin Clutterbuck are the third line. Mitch, 
well, this was a good this was a good fourth line. Yeah, like three years ago. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna now, play podcast host listener now. Go. Okay. So it's fun. I promise you're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> so this is a good fourth line three years ago. Mm-hmm. So now, when everyone is three years older, double expensive because it was they cost four million dollars a, a few years ago. Now it's it's over nine million dollars. This is costing the Islanders, right? So as you're getting more expensive, as you're getting older, as you're getting less productive offensively, you are now going to give this line more ice time. That's that's not good. The more they're on the ice. The more that they're exposed and the less you're going to be able to do offensively. Look, I like that they can change the pace of a game. When they come out on the ice, when they're at their peak, when they're playing at the Nassau Coliseum and bashing everything that came on the ice in their way, they were able to change the momentum and it worked. But having two versions of that, Mitch... With, I mean, I like the Martin Sezikis clutterbuck line, but the line after that just stinks. Komarov, Filipula, and Fritz? Why? I, I, I don't know. I, I prefer that. I prefer them as a fourth line than a third line. But then I, have a real third line then. Yeah, I, I like Sezikis as a third line center. I really do. I think he's a good third line center. Just the guys around him, I just... I have a hard time. I, I'm with you. I have a hard time seeing how they're going to be better with more ice time. It's possible. It's possible. But my God, I have a hard time seeing it. But it would be one thing if it was like Bellows, Sezikis, Hosang as the third line. Yeah, I know. I might be able to live with that. But to be fair, we're going to get more Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck just clobbering people. I, kn- I know. We're gonna, you know. Hit him first. Again. <laughs> Gotta hit him first. <laughs> yes. Hit him first. Finish him last first. in the standings. <laughs> It'll be great. I can't wait, Mitch. <laughs> you sound like the Seinfeld Steinbrenner. Oh, it's great. Um, I don't mind them as a third line. It doesn't look great on paper. It doesn't look great. It really doesn't. And that fourth line is not look good. Um, and they they were brought in here for that purpose. Right, like that's why they were brought in. Yeah, right. And like, listen, if this is the lines that you're going with, you better kill like ninety nine point nine percent of your penalties then, because then <laughs> I don't like, know about that. <laughs> that's insane. I, I but Mitch, if you're just gonna say, you know what, we're from the bottom six, we're asking for absolutely nothing offensively, and this is gonna just be like trying to be defensive forwards. Well, look, I don't think it's asking nothing offensively. Let's look at the, the Isle stats last year. When, it, when Who would you consider was their third line last year? Brock Nelson? Lad, Nelson, and Fritz. Lad, Nelson, and Fritz. Oof. Okay, they got a combined. I'm just bringing up the points here. Lad, 29. Nelson had 35, right? Yes, 35. And Fritz was on the Fritz with seven points. They had 71 points. Guess how many points that trio of Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, and Cal Clutterbuck scored in 2015-16? Combined. How many? Hmm? How many? 71. Ooh. Okay, but okay. Can I, re- can I rebuttal here? Yep. Would you say the Islanders' third line was good last year? No. 
Okay, so then you're just saying that we're going to replace a bad third line with an equally as bad third line. What I'm saying is that we don't know how good they can be as a third line. I, 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 don't, I don't see them being like an 80-point third line. I can see them max 71 points. So they're going to be as good productively, or in terms of, sorry, productively. They're going to be as good in terms of production as a third line from last season, I think. But they're going to add more of a physical element and more of a competitive element than the third line gave us last year, right? You you, you couldn't say that um, Brock Nelson is a, is a good two hundred foot player. Cases Zegas no. is okay, but like if you look around the league, like heck, look at Buffalo. They have Kyle Oposo and Casey Milstad on their third line. Mitch, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they got a, they got a sixty point player potentially on their third line. Yeah. So. Like it's okay to have people who can play offensively on that third line. Like realistically, and I know because you love him, you might have a little bit of a conniption fit here. But like when Oliver Wallstrom comes, like Josh Bailey on the third line is probably a good idea, Mitch. I don't like you anymore. I I, I know both but, but, as a fan and as an individual. <laughs> Put okay. Bailey on the third line because Wallstrom's here. Come on, second line at best. Wait, no. when are you bringing Wallstrom in? Are we talking next year? Next are we talking? Year. Yeah, no, that's too soon. To, to to bump Bailey down to the third. I want to get that clear. It's not too soon for Wallstrom to come in. Wallstrom, Hosang are my top six right wingers. Or what if you have Eberly too? Or uh, if, it's, if it's Wallstrom, Eberly, Bailey, then can you see my justification of putting Bailey on the maybe, third? Maybe, but I, I don't think they're keeping Eberly. I don't. He's gone. I, I, I saw your twenty five. Predictions, and I agree with the the Everly one. Did you like that? Why well, I agree trade? with more of them, um, but yeah, I think I think Everly gets traded for sure. Okay. Um, can we just spare one moment on that top six? Like, yes, I, like you said, five out of the six are great. That sixth one that you didn't mention is Brock Nelson, right? Yes, Brock Nelson. We don't like on this podcast. It's okay. Sorry, we like Brock Nelson. We don't like him as a center. No, I don't like him as a wing either. What? Okay, well, I like him as a winger. I think he's a better winger than he is a center. I don't like him as a center, I, and, and I think that's going to cave in the line. Now, do the Islanders have better options? We thought Jan Kovar could, or Jan Kovash could, and it seems like that might not be working out. No, he's in the AHL. Who knows? Who knows if that, that's just poor assessment by the team or if it's just him not settling in properly? Could be. I don't see how sending him to Bridgeport helps, but I guess if he's going to sink anyone, you're better off doing it in Bridgeport than the Islanders. True, but at least you have Lee and Eberly on that line who can. I think Eberly is going to carry that line. I think Eberly is going to do it, and by carry, I mean like almost literally carry the puck in. He's going to do oh, yeah. a lot of the work. Obviously, Lee's going to be the finisher, but Eberly is going to be the setup man. Oh, of course. So. But that, that means you've got two finishers in, in Lee and Nelson. Lee, you know, down low and Nelson from anywhere else. Pretty much, right? So I'm so okay with that. I think it has potential to be a serviceable second line. Yeah, it definitely has its chances to be a serviceable line. It's just, oh, that Brock Nelson, God, like if he's going to ghost through November and February again, oh boy. It's going to be a long year. No, you're right. You're right, but it's going to be a lot of weighing on Everly and on especially Everly. Uh, that, fir- <laughs> yes. that first line, though, I, I like. 
I like a lot. Bo and yeah. Barzell together, the dynamic duo. And we know Bailey can be a playmaker too. He put up 70 points last year. That could be a very productive top line. That could very well be. I, I like it. I think it's going to do good things. Um, we'll see how how good how good it can be though. Like, How certain are you that Barzell puts up more points than he did last year? I saw that he said he's going to finish with more than, than Tavares. I did. Um how many more points? Like, how many points is he getting this year? 91. Oof, I like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I can get behind that. That's only six points more. That's not a lot. No. And Bailey and Eberly, it's, I mean, they're a little bit a different player, yep. but it's not like you're putting Clutterbuck on that line. Like, <laughs> Bailey, Bailey could still play. Like, it's not like it's... You're replacing Fritz. Exactly. He's not getting a nobody on his right wing. Like Bailey is a, a fine top line player. So, yeah, agreed. Mitch, want to end this segment with where you think they finish in the Metro and how with how many points? OK, I think they finished. They finish uh, seventh, maybe sixth with 83 points. I'm going seventh with 78. OK. I, I'm just not sure, like my frame of reference here for 78 points, or sorry, 78 points, 83 points. I'm not sure how that fits uh, in terms of everything. Uh, I just want to look up standing. Wow, Washington is killing Buffalo. Oh my, or Boston, 7 nothing. Oh, wow. Uh, destroyed. Um, so last year in terms of the division, come on here, bring it up. Let's go. The Islanders were seventh with eighty points, so hitting eighty-three points is plausible in, in seventh, sixth place. I get, I, I can live with that. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs. It's, it's possible. Look, I, I'm willing to be surprised. I know I've been critical of some of Lou's moves and, and his roster construction. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ready and willing to be surprised. I'm just. I'd be surprised to be surprised. Yeah. Um, to me, I, I just think that every other team outside the New York Rangers are better than the Islanders in this division. Even Carolina? Yeah. I like okay. their defense. Yeah, um, you just like Justin Falk that much. Stop it. No, I don't. <laughs> I like their whole unit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dougie Hamilton, Justin Falk, uh, Calvin DeHaan. That's a pretty good top three. I don't know who else they've got. I forgot, I forgot already, but that's pretty good. All right there. Uh, do you want to move on from from looking at forward to this season? Yeah, let, we'll move on to it and talk about another friend of the show, <laughs> Andrew Ladd. Yay, Mitch! I what, what's going on here with him? Is is he gonna is he gonna play? Is he gonna be on IR? What, what's happening? Well, isn't he already on IR? He is, but supposedly he skated in practice today. So, yeah. like, how long is this IR going to last, I guess, is my question. A while. He's not playing the—well, there's no certainty yet because Barry hasn't released the, the, the lineup because he doesn't have to. Uh, but I, I don't see him playing opening night. And, and most, most tweets from, like, Staple and Gross are just implicated that he's not playing opening night. Like, he skated no. on, the, on the fifth line, I think it was. So— He's not. He's not going to be playing opening night, which is fine. Uh, he's he's got some muscle stiffness or tightness. Last I heard, um, David Pagnota from the fourth line said he's going to. He could be out a while, 
So we'll see how long he's out for. But if he's skating, that's got to be a good thing. You would think so, right? Yeah. You would think, but I'm I'm not sold that this necessarily is uh, three games and you're back in the lineup sort of thing. No, like maybe it could be longer. Like he's, even if he's back, what line is he playing on? He's playing on the fourth line, even if he comes back. Yeah, then that's, I mean, wow. Yeah. Uh, that ain't good. $5.5 million for the next six years on the fourth line. Five. Four, five, six, including this year. Yep. Paid. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I'm looking at Bailey. Sorry. No. I was looking at Bailey. I don't know why I was looking at Bailey. It's because they moved him to IR, so he's not at the top anymore. Yes. Five oh, years. Oh, Mitch. God, that was dumb. Epic fail. Yeah, epic fail. Um, yeah, but five years uh, still. not. The point remains the same. Not yes. good. No. <laughs> <laughs> not good. 32 years old, paid till he's 37, $5.5 million to play on the third line. Fourth line, sorry. Do you think we can get him to retire? Uh, No. No, right? He's going to want to stick this out? Well, like, okay, look at his salary. He's making $6 million in terms of total salary this year. It drops to five next year and then drops to four for the next three years. Do you think he sticks around for four million dollars? I think so. Probably, yeah. I think so. Why would you leave that on the table? Uh, it's not like a Henrik Zetterberg or a Marion Hossa where it drops at like fifty percent of the value of the contract. He's losing right. two million dollars, sure, between now and two years from now, but he's still making four million dollars. It's true. That's a lot of change. Change? I wanted to say coin and change coin. at the same time. Maybe coinage. So it came out as choinge. That's my new. That's going to be my new word for someone who wants a lot of monies. Choinge. Okay. Um, yeah, he wants a lot of choinge, and he's not going to give it up. So I don't think so. Same thing with with Bay, uh, Boychuk. If we're on that, uh, he's paid six million dollars the next four years. His salary is right now six point five. It goes down to six next year, and then four million dollars the last two years of his deal. Yeah, so that's not really dropping off any. Gosh darn it. Garth Snow really screwed the Islanders with all these contracts. Yeah, like that's his total salary. I think that's how it works is the total salary, not just like his base salary. We look yeah. at Marion Hosa as a consideration. Yeah, it's total salary. Like Marion Hosa's salary went from $4 million last la, two years ago to $1 million last year. Yeah, I remember that. And it was $7.9 million before it dropped to four. Hmm. Oh boy. Uh so does does this have a long term effect on the team, do you think? Probably not, right? Because he wouldn't be playing a prominent role anyway. Um no, I don't I don't think so. Like it's not like they're gonna call up Bellows to take a spot. That's why they had Tanner Fritz there. Um, right. to soak up those fourth line minutes or that spot on the scratch pad. Yeah, so to to me, I guess you're just sucking it up, right? And just praying for the best. Yeah. That's it. You hope he comes back, and you hope he can put up 20 goals. Yeah, 60 games, maybe, if you're lucky. Yeah. Like If you have to, you put Eberle back up top. You put Bailey on the in the, in the center of the second line, uh, and then you shift Ladd to the right wing line two. If he starts panning out, if he starts putting in goals, that's okay. what I'm saying. You don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Okay. All right, you can maybe sell me on that then. Yeah, that that's if he's playing real well, not if he's just like regular Andrew Ladd. 
Right, if he's a regular Andrew Ladd, he's going to be playing with uh, Filipula and Komarov. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lucky him. Yeah, good, good on I'm, him. I'm sure that's what he was envisioning you know, on July 1st, 2016. <laughs> that's exactly what Garston was selling him on. In three yeah, years yeah. from now, you're going to be playing with Valtteri Filipula and Leo Komarov. And I won't be here anymore. <laughs> Ten minutes a night, buddy. Oh, Lord. Now, let's end with something a little bit more positive, Mitch. Yes. I want to talk a little bit more about Ryan Pulak because I think he is primed to have a very, very good year this year. And there was a couple of things that we wrote about him uh, this past week in my 25 predictions, which if you haven't read that yet, check it out on the website, eyesonisles.com. I said that he can score 15 goals this year. Yep, I buy that. And I don't think that's necessarily crazy. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Like, how many defensemen scored 15 goals last year? At least three. Probably. I, I'm three or four. I, I'm saying at least. It's probably even more than that. I'm going to bring it up now. Um, so, Dougie Hamilton scored 15. I'm pretty sure Seth Jones. Zach Wierenski, um, Brent Burns. So that's four there. And I, I think I'm missing one. So let's bring this up here and refine results. Give me what is going on here. Oh, I picked teams. What a dummy. Okay, all skaters, <laughs> defensemen, last year, goals. Wow, there's a lot. So really? 15 or more, there's nine that scored 15 or more. Provorov, Hamilton, Hedman scored 17. Wierenski, Ekblad, Jones, Subban, 16. Pietrangelo and Carlson scored 15. And then there's like another five guys that scored 14. Yeah, so... so yeah, it's you not think off that, base to think that. No, and he had 10 last year. That's right. In 68 games, mind you. Right, so consider that he's developing another year, more power play time playing 82 games, five more goals in that extra, what, 20, 20 games roughly, a little less than that. Yeah. Seems doable. Absolutely. I like it. It's not far-fetched to say that he can hit 15 goals. Like, it's not even far-fetched to think that he can maybe factor into the Norris Trophy. It seems like he's going to be the number one defenseman for the Islanders. They have him playing top pair minutes with Adam Pellick. Yeah, right, because Adam Pellick is more the stay-at-home guy yep. in that role. And he Pul- featured well with uh, Nick Letty two years ago. He did, so maybe they could recreate something similar yeah. to what it was a couple of years ago. I definitely think that Pellick was better two years ago than he was last year. So maybe you should try and get him to that form two years ago that he was like with Letty, and you recreate that with Pulak. Yeah, maybe. That's fair. I just, yeah, I can see him factoring in. And, and by factoring in, I mean just like getting some votes. Uh, I don't think he's going to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, rock the boat in terms of the Norris. I don't think he's going to unseat guys like Hedman and Carlson. But maybe he finishes top 10. Yeah, I, I can see that easily. Easily, that's easy to see. Look, like Seth Jones, in his when he was in Nashville was getting like 17 18 minutes a night and was putting up decent points like 25 30 but then when mm-hmm. he got to Columbus and they put him out there for 24 minutes a night that's when he started throwing out some 47 50 point years like he did right. last year and he got what fourth place in the Norris vote or third i think it was fourth something like that right yeah he was up there um the same is going to happen with 
was Ryan Pulak this year. He played 18 and change. I think 18.34 last year was his average of time on ice. He's going to hit 20 minutes. He's going to hit minimum 20 minutes on ice on average, if not the higher 20s, 20, 22 minutes a night. He's going to put up points. He already does it now. Like you said, he put up 32 points last year. If you don't see him putting up 45 to 50 points last year, check yourself because I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. That's easy. Yeah, I think he's going to eclipse 50. Yeah. And when you start hitting those 50, that's when you get into the Norris conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Obviously, if the Islanders don't make the playoffs, then like, pff, good luck. You probably don't win the award or get factored in much because your play didn't help your team that much. But it's not really one of those like MVP type awards where that necessarily always matters. No, yeah, not necessarily, right? It helps. It definitely helps. But I don't think it's the be-all, end-all. And that, that's what it was for the Norris last year. And what do you think about his preseason? Do you think this is a sign of things to come, or do you think it was a little bit of a fluke? Big time. I think it's a sign of things to come, because he was uh, lightning in the preseason. I agree. I agree. I think he's finally ready to come out and have a big year, because he showed sides of that last year. And now, like, this time last year, healthy scratch, which is an insanity, but... That's yeah. where the world we were living in. Now, Islanders number one defenseman. He's going to get a lot more ice time, and I think he's going to thrive. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm so in for his season. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, so last thing I think for me, some of the biggest storylines that I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah. Pulak is definitely one of them. Anthony Bovillier's development is another one. And lastly, the big one, Matt Barzell in year two. Yeah, I, I can't wait for Barzell year two. It's going to be a good one. I, like you said, 91 points. That sounds right. That absolutely sounds right. I picked the number 91 for a reason, too. <laughs> I just got that. Burn. Awesome. Uh, do you want to close it off with some social or something? Yeah, I have a, um, it's a mini rant. Okay. For the social, because a couple of people, I saw this on Twitter from a few people, but one guy was giving me trouble on it, so I, I want to admit it's a little PSA for you. Okay, for me. All right, not for you, but for yeah, the listener, the general public. Okay, Lucas Pisa. Yeah, Leo Komarov, Valtteri Filppula are not culture change players. Oh boy! Just because you're a veteran and played on a team that won does not mean you're going to change a culture. Winning changes culture. You can talk about changing. You know what teams with bad culture do? They talk about their culture. Because teams with good culture, they don't don't even worry about, about it. Because they're winning hockey games. If you're a good team, chances are you're going to have a good culture. And if you have a good coach, chances are you're going to have a good culture. If you have a good GM, chances are your culture is going to be good. It doesn't matter if someone played... On the Las Vegas Golden Knights last year and skated around with cinder blocks on their feet. I don't want them on my team. I don't want bad hockey players, Mitch. I want good hockey players so we can win and change our culture because we're winning. Not because we're signing older veteran players who are not nearly as good. And giving them opportunities over our youth players. If you're going to be bad, be bad with youth. There we go. That's my rant. (laughs) Uh, I, was, I was telling someone at work kind of the same thing going, 
we always have these like these new teams come in with like a youthful core, like the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple of years back, and when they made it to the playoffs for the first time within that that new system, and they lost in that first round, and we said, you know what, you have to lose to win, you have to learn how to lose, right? Well, why don't you do that with your players during the regular season? A lot of people say, well, you want to shelter them, put them in the AHL. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get let's shelter them in the AHL. No, bring them in. Learn how to lose. You want to teach a system? You have a coach here for years? Perfect. Get them in. They're re- if they're ready. If they're ready. If you're telling me like Lou did with Hosang and Bellows that they're not ready to come in, fine. I, I still don't understand how they're not ready, but you're telling me they're not. You're giving me a proper justification. I could drop that. I will vent, but I'll drop it. But when it comes to someone like, for me, it's Taze. It really is. You tell me he's ready, but you don't have a spot for him. I don't understand. I don't get it. Nope. And, and, and a winning culture, I understand, is built off of winning. But there are certain things that you can still do to build a winning culture. And I understand establishing a good like a good accountability with a good third line, a good fourth line that play hockey the quote-unquote right, right, right way. I just don't see how that is the overall overarching theory ideology that you have to use throughout the lineup. I don't get it. No, and I'm not sitting here saying that you have to build uh, an all-star team in order to win a championship. No, you need role players and stuff like that too, but they they could be good role players. Yep. They could be, yep. they could be good role players. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Look, it that, doesn't have to be. Their third line is a good role-playing line. It is. I would just prefer that as the fourth line and have like guys with who are semi offensive skilled on the third line, but also defensively responsible. Yeah. Like that's why I'm like, hey, Josh Bailey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but on to that point. So if we put that fourth line as or sorry that third line as the fourth line, who then becomes a third? And is there a problem for the Islanders in acquiring that talent that you're looking for? Because I think that is further to the point. Because I'm seeing something that I want to bring up on the social. Um, where that was probably what they were going to do is, is acquire some talent, but they just couldn't do it. You think so? Yeah. Why wouldn't that? That seems to fit the Islanders. Um, what's the word I'm going to look for here? Uh, understanding around the league that they just can't bring in the players they want to bring in. That's essentially the only reason that Tavares left is that you guys couldn't surround me with proper players. I'm out. Although, like, had he stuck around, we probably could have. But, you know. I guess. Uh, maybe. Maybe, right? I okay. guess. All right. I just thought I'd air that out. All right. Do, do you have anything for the social? Uh, so just this one. is something from at Weber who says, uh, I love trots, but good Lord, no more of Lou's system that hasn't worked in a decade at least. I don't like that necessarily, but it's the quote that he brings up. And it says, according to multiple sources, the new GM laid out a plan. He said that if Tavares resign, they're going to get a quote unquote difference maker in goal and a coach to drill Lamarillo style structure into their play. So this is from like that whole million word Elliot Friedman article that went out earlier today on, on Sportsnet about Again, Tavares deciding to leave and the, the, the thought process around it for like the millionth and a half time. Um, so they were going to get someone in goal and they, they clearly haven't done that. Um, I don't imagine not through any lack of trying. It's through any lack of appeal. Like players just don't want to come here, which is something we've dealt with in a long for a long, long time. Mm, I am, I'm not 100% buying it. 
Okay. I'm a half. I'll half buy it. You'll half buy it. All right. Half buy. Uh, and then I had something else here for uh, Happy National Boyfriend's Day from, from I believe it's 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 your your girlfriend saying that you can rock a purple bow, and uh, you oh, can rock boy. a purple bow pretty good, my friend. That's a big that's a big fancy purple bow on your forehead. That, yes, thank you for that. Uh, so here it is. It's a picture of me with a purple bow. On oh, my head, oh so. I'm looking at it. I think I look pretty good. It's that is very. There's that's a big bow. Like that's a, that's a big bow, and and you're well, a big I, guy. Like you're at six four. Yeah, you're pretty long, and that's taking up a lot of real estate. It is, but I don't have like the ponytail like the like Ellen and her cousin do. Right. So we put mine in the front. I don't know. You you got to babysit, and like stuff happens, Mitch. Like that that you just deal with it. Bows like, end up on I'm, your face. It it just happens. You have a daughter. I'm sure you get it. I just find random Lego pieces in my pockets. So that's what she does. All right. So it'll I get probably there. would prefer that, but I'm sure it'll get there eventually. So yes, I put a bow in my hair. There you go. It happened. <laughs> I've been dealing. I'm with not it. proud of it. <laughs> it's whatever. Okay. That's all I had. All right, so let's do a couple of plugs before we get on out of here. Yes. First, and maybe most importantly for now, we mentioned it earlier on in the show. We joked about it. The Patreon. So we are going to be, since the season starts tomorrow, for every single game, all 82 games, we're doing a post-game podcast. Yeah. Post-game show. Five bucks a month gets you 82 shows. That's great. And if you also feel like that's not in your budget, maybe for $2 a month, you can get a mailbag podcast, which you can ask us questions and we'll answer. And that will lead the discussion of the show. And for $1 a month or whatever you want to do, you could just donate to support the show, which, of course, we appreciate that. Um I think it's I'm pretty humbled by the responses so far. We haven't even released the episode yet, and we really appreciate the support so far. Again, uh, if you're interested in it, you can find it on Patreon.com. I'll link it in the info of this podcast. Also, you can just search up uh, Eyes on Isles there, and that'll get cooking tomorrow. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, about that. actually cooking today. We're going to record our first mailbag episode right after we're done this. Good point. It's going to get cooking today. So for so, th- those of you who are used to us answering your questions at the end of the show, we moved that to its own segment. So the the mailbag segment is going to have just your questions. We've got at least 14 questions already lined up. We'll try to answer all of them in an own separate mailbag piece. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to see how that goes. That's going to be a lot of fun. Lastly, I get well, not lastly, but a few more housekeeping notes. Yes. Is the social media stuff. So at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter, the games are coming. The gifts are coming. It's going to be great. At Matt O'Leary NY on Twitter is myself. Mitch is at TLO Mitch. You could also drop us a like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can download our app in either the Google Play or App Store at Eyes on Isles. Just search that up and you'll be able to find it. And then, of course, you can just visit the website for all of your New York Islanders needs. Beauty. There you go. So, Mitch, that was episode number 59. And we're going to do this again next week. See you next week. Once hockey is played. Yes. We made it. Everyone get do a round of applause. We lived. We made it through the offseason. <laughs> we survived the offseason. Yay. I'll see you next hockey, week. Hockey is back. We'll see you next time.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.